You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on my first episode on the Buff Hub on Buffalo Rumblings. I'm your host, Steve, and I am super honored and thankful to have a longtime friend. I guess I can call you a longtime friend now, Matt. Uh, you were with me from the beginning when I started the Buff Hub, and I am so excited to have you on my first episode on Buffalo Rumblings on the Buff Hub. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great, brother. And uh, yeah, congratulations, first and foremost, on joining the uh, Rumblings Podcast Network. That's very, very cool. I think that uh, you, they couldn't have gotten... Uh, a better uh, new host and you know same for you you've you landed at a place where I have a lot of respect for a lot of things they do over there um, so yeah this is this is cool I think this is my third time on your show now so I've become one of your regulars <laughs> it's kind of wild I mean you obviously do this on the professional level I'm just a fan that has gotten in touch with uh, guys who have been doing this for an, an official and real long time um, Buffalo Rumblings I have so much respect for what they do uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool writing an article now and then doing a podcast. Um, but I'll tell you, you and Ryan, you guys hold it down. You mind mentioning to uh, all of our guests where everyone can find um, all of your content? Cause I'm, I'm really passionate about what you guys do. You guys do a great job. Thanks man. Yeah. Uh, we're over at Syracuse.com and New York upstate.com. I mean, that's the basics. Anytime you want to find us head over there, click on the bills tab. Um, you know, I'm at Matt Perino on Twitter. That's where you'll find all of my stuff and, you know, from articles, videos, and now the new podcast that we're about four months deep into the shout Buffalo football podcast. Uh, it's really doing really well. We've had a lot of fun with it. We have some really cool guests on it already. Chad, Michael Murray, Lorenzo Alexander, Jason Tardick, uh, Eric Wood, and, and, and so many others. Uh, it's really exploded. We've, we've enjoyed doing it and we're going to have, even more great guests and, and more great uh, analysis here as we, we move heavy into uh, the training camp period. We have Mark gone on um, from the Buffalo news. Who's been covering the team for 37 years. Wow. Uh, he was a great guy to kick us off yesterday, the training camp uh, preview or Wednesday. And then next Wednesday we'll have Joe Biscalia from the athletic. So yeah, everything you want, Bill's training camp, uh, hit up the shelf football bills podcast. We got you covered. Literally like you guys are, what I end up watching on my lunch break at work. <laughs> it's just our time <laughs> nice. frame is so different. So it's just like, it's so cool to see how um, you guys have just, you guys have taken off with uh, that whole thing. Um, it's, it's been so cool, especially seeing how you talk to Chad and talk to Lorenzo um, and obviously the rest of your guests. I think uh, you guys keep it very candid. And also um, I've been liking your, your shorter takes too. I think it's kind of cool. I mean, you guys are very informative to the point and then, you know, it's, you guys just, feed off each other so well. Um, I, I love watching y'all show. Um, so Matt, today I want to break down the Buffalo Bills identity going into 2020. I think there's a lot of question marks with obviously what's going on with the virus and how it's hitting the team. 
um, and also how it's hitting sports in general, right? So, uh, you know, I want to start off with uh, just a very general topic. Um, and are there any similarities with the 2020 Bills to past or present football teams? It's a good question. I don't know if I have like a, a specific example, but I definitely think that, you know, we've started to see some of the things that we'll talk about later in the show, like some of the uh, you know, challenges that the Bills have faced already, you know, an early injury, uh, an opt out, as a lot of teams are dealing with across the country or across the league. Um, you know, they're built to deal with challenges and obstacles and not only from a mentality perspective, like, you know, obviously Sean McDermott, I think one of the things that he does so well is really key in on the, uh, mindset of his team, you know, how to motivate individual players, the whole group, you know, individual position groups. I think he does a really good job of that. And so they're built with a lot of veterans, a lot of guys that know what's going on to kind of excel in this kind of funky season where there's so many unknowns. Like, you know, we could get to week one, week two, three or four or five or 10 teams across the league get really hit hard with COVID and it just sends this thing completely off the rails. I mean, that's within the realm of possibility. And so I think the better you know, response here than, you know, comparing them to a team is, you know, there is no comparison that any, there's never been a season like this. You can take the lockout season. And I know a lot of people have talked about that over the last couple months, but even still, it's just different. You can't even be around guys. I mean, you look at the bills now up to five players on their COVID list. Um, and you look at the, some of the off season workouts that they've had, um, where they've been around each other and you wonder, you wonder how much has, did that play a part in it? They've been kind of around each other and on the, in the same areas, like away from the facility before this thing even starts. And now we're going to fast forward, you know, in you know, two weeks when, when they put on pads, two, two and a half weeks. And what's that going to look like? And how are they going to um, really mandate or, or handle that whole situation? So there's just like so many unknowns. And that's, I think, what makes, you know, I tweeted it out yesterday. And I'm kind of rambling here, but it, this is a very um, diverse and, and huge subject matter because there's so much to talk about and so many things that people don't know. And I tweeted out, you know, two days ago, I think I, I've really gotten a sense from fans that there's this like, you know, low key um, trepidation about the season. And, you know, what's it going to look like if it even happens? Like, all these players that have opted out, like, you know, when we get there, what's it even going to be? And, you know, I think that that's how that's kind of tempered a lot of the excitement that you usually have this time of year for a Bills team. That's, you know, might be the best roster they've, they've had in, you know, this century. And so, and that's, that's painful if you're a Bills fan to have to, you know, go into a season like this where it, you know, it's just kind of a bummer, but uh, you know, we're in it. They're, They're doing their due diligence to kind of figure all this stuff out. Um, the bills kind of took a precautious route in sending home rookies that, you know, after they got, they reached that five number. I mean, green Bay yesterday, they, they put three players, uh, on their COVID list. So this is a thing that teams across the league are dealing with. And Sean McDermott said it like, we'll take each challenge as it comes figure out a way to overcome it and then move on. And they do a good job of doing that. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they, um, you know, if this season goes, or happens 
and you know it, it's able to kind of go through the process of you know weeks one through eight and in almost like sections of the season like how other teams handle it because i feel like i'd be confident in the bills handling it well yeah you know i i definitely agree with that and you know what i care about the most is you know let's just let's take care of our players the best we can and more importantly you know let's have an approach that you know we can be open with the fans we are you know the fans are understanding what's going on i feel like there's a lot of panic but um you know if if i'm going to answer this question in the sense of like you know who they remind me of it's <laughs> I tried my best to dig into a team and I totally agree with you. Like I can't find a team. I even tried to look at the 2004 uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And I was like, you know, you know, big Ben similarities with Josh Allen. I obviously think that, um, you know, right out of the gate, big Ben had amazing talent. Um, when you talk about just his rookie season, I mean, my God. Uh, but obviously on the other side of the football, the defense was stellar. Uh, they obviously had way strong heart way big, uh, you know, strong hitters on the other side of the field there. Um, you know, I feel like the bills have more of a finesse defense. I think, yeah, we can be strong on the line. Um, but yeah, I mean, going off of what you said, Matt, honestly, yeah, this whole situation we're going through is a lot to digest. And, um, you know, I look at, you know, the last tweet that Feliciano put out and what did he say? Who needs a peck anyway? (laughs) Um, you know, it's, There, there's so much to f- try to figure out on how this is going to transpire. But, you know, I think transparency um, from the Bills organization is definitely going to be big. I think they've done a great job with that. I think I trust Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott to make the adjustments necessary. And I think everyone's starting to, you know, think about, okay, well, what are we going to end up looking like, especially with COVID, especially with, uh, you know, the game planning. But, you know, if I'm going to take a more simple approach going into this season when it comes down to the Bills' identity, I think we're going to have to basically look at the first couple of games in the season and almost treat them like preseason games. <laughs> and I never thought I would have to say that um, going into uh, a new season as a Bills fan, but it's, in my opinion, the truth. I mean, you look at a short preseason and then you got all these new players coming in, um, rookies, you know, how they're affected with COVID. I mean, what you look at is a situation where everyone's going to be tested from top to bottom. And I said this a while back. We dodged the injury bullet last year. And (laughs) it's back, you know, Um, but I think we're ready for it. I think we're definitely good on depth. I obviously do think it's a big deal to lose a guy like Feliciano, um, you know, and uh, obviously how are we going to, you know, plug in for Saran Neal and Dane Jackson and, you know, so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, I believe what's going to end up happening is our team's going to come together and they're going to come back strong. I think they're really going to take off this season. And, um, you know, I, I do think it's, it's going to be one of those things where we're probably going to see that progression in the third or fourth week. All the jitters are going to be gone. The pads are going to, you know, we're going to be hitting each other. And, uh, you know, it's just like the NBA. I feel like uh, they were getting, I forgot who, which player was, uh, was saying it, but he was just like, I'm just sick and tired of playing against my own team. And, you know, in, pl- in practice. Oh, it was Chris Paul. And he said, you know, I'm just more excited that once we just start playing, all the jitters are gone, all the anxiety is gone, and we're playing against another team, and we feel like we're actually playing for something. 
um, instead of trying to figure out what we're going to do for the rest of the season. So, you know, that's just my take on that. Um, how about we just jump into the next question? Cause I feel like it's a good segue into the Feliciano and, you know, in the trenches question there. So does the absence of star Latulale have a profound effect on the defensive line this season? And also does the absence of uh, obviously Feliciano, what do you think? Um, I think that, you know, stars absence more than anything, you know, takes away you know, one piece of, of real reliability that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier had to count on. You know, the thing with Vernon Butler and Harrison Phillips, who are the two prime candidates to kind of take uh, Star's snaps, which he played at just under 50% last year in total snaps at that one technique spot, you know, they're both unproven. You know, Vernon Butler came in last year. He had a nice season. He's going to come over from Carolina. So much continuity. He, he played under Sean McDermott as a rookie. He's played for Eric Washington the last couple of years. He's, he's not going to have a crazy, um, you know, transition into this defense. I think it'll be pretty seamless. But he is kind of an, a, a tweener. I mean, he's a guy that plays some three-tech. He plays some one-tech. He's able to um, – get after the quarterback, I think a little bit more so than a lot of, you know, your stereotypical one text can. And so how is he going to handle a full-time role as a space eater and what uh, Sean McDermott's going to ask him to do? Uh, I think Harrison Phillips in that role was really good before he got hurt last year. Yeah. There's so much uncertainty about him too. Like, you know, how long is it going to take him to get it to game shape? Like you mentioned, there's no preseason, so he's not going to get any real game reps. So are they going to go up? be comfortable giving them 30, 40% of snaps right out of the gate. I, I doubt it. So, and then that takes you to now you're going to probably have to, you know, roster nine defensive ta- defensive linemen. Um, already you're looking at Quentin Jefferson, um, Ed Oliver at the three tech spot, and then Harrison and Vern Butler, and then potentially Vincent Taylor. Um, if he's able to get back mm. from the COVID list, which I would imagine most of the guys that are going on the COVID list, like we're talking about now, I would imagine most of them will be back by the start of the season. Those that are getting impacted early on like this have the best chance to return. I mean, we even saw, you know, who was it yesterday in one of the basketball games had just popped for it last week and they were already playing in the, in the opening night's game. So um, we'll see how that transpires. But on the offensive side of things, but again, that defensive line, remember, they built that to sustain losses. I mean, there's so much depth there. Epinesa and Jefferson are able to kind of play on the inside and the outside. Uh, they got Trent Murphy, Mario Addison, and Jerry Hughes to rush the passer and still Daryl Johnson, who I think they like a lot. So I think that they'll be fine on the defensive line. It just – I think Starr was their best interior run defender or most consistent, I, I should say. I think Ed Oliver could be their best run defender. I just want to see some more consistency from some of these other guys, which I think Starr brought. Um, on the line, they're going to miss Feliciano. Like he yeah. really set the tone with his – um, mentality. Like he's a bad dude. Like I've gotten a chance to really get to know him over the last year. And, you know, we share our passion for MMA. Obviously I came from the UFC world and oh, yeah. he's a bit, he's a big fight fan and even entertains the idea or toils with the idea of maybe going into fighting when he's done playing football. And he, uh, he just said, uh, 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 he brings a brand of nasty to that the offensive line that Deion Dawkins told me several times it was straight up missing in 2018. And you look along that line now and, and Feliciano's nasty streak kind of rubbed off a little bit on some of these guys. And, you know, he was really close with Cody Ford, kind of like a big brother to him. Uh, so we'll see what, how this, this unit handles it. 
But I will say that there are some pieces there to make up for the fact that you're losing a, a starter. And I think that it probably starts with Cody Ford. I think the idea of moving him inside the guard has always been there, but you know they've been set at their guard spots with Spain and Feliciano, who surprisingly took those two roles in 19 and really uh, established themselves as clear-cut starters. Now, without Feliciano, yeah, there's a couple other options. They brought in Daryl Williams, who can play some right guard if he needs to, too. Spencer Long, who was there last year, who I think is kind of a sneaky dark horse maybe to, to win that job if they want to keep their options open at tackle. Um, but I think that maybe you ask Ford to move inside, have Ty Insecki and Daryl Williams, who, by the way, was an all-pro second team in 2017 before an injury. That's the guy right. has played well at right tackle in the past. You can have him and, and Seki kind of platoon at right tackle because, listen, I've seen a lot of people say this after the injury. Move Cody inside and then you got Inseki at right tackle. I'm really um, – I would not bet a lot of money that Ty Inseki could stay healthy for 16 games and and the grind of 60 to 670 snaps a game on his 35-year-old body just seems like a, a lot to ask. So I think any scenario where Inseki's involved, it's going to be a platoon. Um I, they're going to take a hit here because not only that, like just from the fact you're at the shuffle the deck, Feliciano was your backup center too. So like when, when Mitch Morse got hurt twice last year, Feliciano moved inside the center and they were able to bring in Spencer Long to play right guard. You're not going to have that luxury anymore. So where, you know, with a guy like Mitch Morse, who's had concussion issues and obviously showed last year that at times, you know, he could sustain injuries and miss some time. It wasn't a lot of time, but sometimes, you know, what happens if you're, franchise big money center goes down what are your options past uh you know spencer long can play some center evan bame who they picked up from miami can play some center but it's not as um deep of a line without feliciano because you're gonna have to ask other people to do other things now that's so true you know and one thing i know it sounds a little philosophical i'm going to say this but i really do believe that adversity reveals identity um and i think Everyone's nervous. Oh, we're finally getting everything together. Now we got to deal with this. We got to deal with that. Guys, this is when you find out what your football team is truly made of. This is when the leaders, this is when your captains start to step up. This is where your head coach and, and people up top start to really come together and figure out how we can still make this go. Also, let's come back down, Bills fans, and understand something. The division is significantly weaker. Yes, Miami got stronger, but they still got that big question mark at quarterback, right? Um, we are probably the most, I think we have the most continuity in the division as far as every position goes. You look at the New England Patriots, they lost three players, right? And they got Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower. I'm just going to say those two names. Those are huge names on the defensive side. Stephon Gilmore feeds off of what they can do on, on their, on their sides of what they do on the football. So like, we need to understand that what's happening in the trenches. Yes. Is a big, is a big deal, but I feel like we do have guys, like you said, Matt, that we can switch in and out. A lot of people are uncomfortable with the idea of putting Cody Ford to guard. I'm not, I think he would do great at guard. I mean, again, it's just until Feliciano can come back and play in the Vegas game. Um, you know, I think, uh, obviously in Secchi, you know, I, I, I wish he was a little quicker, but you know, I think he, I think he did. I think he did pretty good. I think um, there's a few times where he obviously was getting beat, but, you know, I look at uh, what we can do to shuffle players around um, inside the trenches. I think we're going to be fine on the offensive line, at least to hold it down until Feliciano comes back. Now, with that being said, on the defensive side, I do think 
this is going to be a big deal personally for me because I, I don't know what we have yet and how these new players are going to fit. Um, I think I'm confident in their talent. It's just the scheme. How long is it going to take them to really get implemented with the players around them? I think obviously the familiarity with, uh, you know, Butler and you got um, obviously Sean McDermott. I think that's going to be great. Uh, then you got Harrison Phillips coming off of injury. So my thing is, I don't think people gave Star enough credit for what he did last year. He was getting a lot of criticism for when the run uh, the run defense wasn't you know meshing, and we were getting beat really bad early in the season. Um, but they fixed it, and clearly they realized everyone realized that it was not Star's fault. Um, people need to hit their lanes correctly on the linebacker side. So you know, obviously the Bills started to play a lot more aggressive. Um, you know, hitting people head on. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times I kept looking at Tremaine Edmonds trying to tackle him. Like, why are you wrapping them up? I want to see you just lay them out because you're one-on-one. You have, you have to hit on them. Um, you know, so it's, I feel like there's, it's the style of play had to change. They had to play more aggressive. They had to impose their will early on. And I feel like that's something that star did. And I'm really hoping with Harrison Phillips, you know, having all of that fire and angst building up after getting injured is going to really get let out on the field because we're going to need him. Um, but, you know, with that being said, I do want to jump into uh, the last question here. Um, so which three games do you think Sean McDermott needs to lead the Bills to win so that we can become an AFC championship contender next year? Because we're so close. I think you get in the playoffs and it shows, you know, we showed a lot of uh, just potential, a lot of, uh, you know, just flashy things that Josh Allen can do that the offense is, is capable of. Obviously now it's Stefan Diggs. And look, I've gone on the record saying that I don't think Stefan Diggs and Kirk Cousins were a good match. I just don't think they were. I feel like you need someone who can roll out quick. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs was always relied upon to, you know, bring them back in the game. Um, and I feel like when you have a guy like Josh Allen, who's a big running threat, um, you know, off the, off the read option, and then he can roll out really, really fast and he can extend plays that makes a player like Stefan Diggs extremely dangerous. Um, you know, so I look at what's weighing on Sean McDermott's shoulders now because of obviously injury and, um, you know, Josh Allen going into his third year and you come off a <laughs> third rank defensive year. I mean, that there's a lot of credit to be given to him. Um, obviously we would have wished that the playoffs would have extended at least another game, but I don't really put that all on Sean McDermott. I felt like that he did a really good job as far as the game plan goes. It's just, you know, it's all about execution. So, um, are there any three games in your mind, Matt, that you could honestly say, if we win these, this is going to put us in that AFC East or excuse me, in the AFC East, we're going to, I feel, I feel like we're going to win the AFC East, but as far as actually winning an AFC championship, um, what do you think? the three games are that Sean McDermott needs in order to get us to that contending spot. So I think, you know, I don't know if I could find three games that kind of meet your criteria where going into the season, I feel like if you win these three games, this will make you a contender in the AFC. But what I will say to your question is I want to see them, you know, it's, it's a very old cliche. I mean, teams in other, in all types of sports say it, but, you know, protect, protect your, your, your building, your dirt, you know, and that's something they didn't do a, a great, great job of last year, as good of a team as they were and as successful a season as it was, they went four and three, basically at, at new era field, take out the, the Jets game. I don't think that that counts. They weren't even playing right. starters. 
Um, but you know, there's three games on this, on the calendar, you know, the, the Patriots on November 1st, uh, the Seahawks on November 8th, and then the Steelers on Monday night football, um, on, uh, December 13th, you can probably throw the chargers in there too. They got, they got some real important home games. And I think the paid, you start with the Patriots because that's a game where, you know, you haven't, what's it been? I think, uh, Tom Brady's record in at New Era Field or something just obnoxious that I don't think any Bills fan needs to hear about again. But it's been a <laughs> while since, you know, the Bills with all everybody right on both sides of things, the Bills got the better of the Patriots, even in Orchard Park. So that's where it starts. And uh, I think that if you could start to establish yourself as, you know, get, there's a bunch of good t- games against the AFC. I mean, the Raiders are expected to be good. The Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Um, the Titans, again, in Nashville. Three straight weeks there. I mean, that's a gauntlet, an, an AFC gauntlet that the Bills have to run through. And, and so I, I, don't, I wouldn't even bring it down to three games. I think every game against an AFC team this year, you know, is going to tell you a lot about this Bills football team. You know, even the Dolphins and the Jets, I'll tell you right now, I think that, you know, going in here, the Bills are, are the clear-cut favorite in the AFC East. I mean, there's, no, there, there's not really anything anybody could say that would move me off of that take. And I, going back to before the draft even happened, before we knew it was going to happen with Tom Brady, I still maintain that I thought with the way the season ended last year, I thought that the Bills were, were on their way to being the favorite. And then free agency happened. Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins left. They got, went out and got Stephon Diggs, and I said, boom, Buffalo Bills 2020 <laughs> AFC East champs. Yep. And, you know, nothing is, has changed that. Cam Newton is not going to change that. He's, he's literally not going to have one real game snap before he's going to be asked, we think, to lead the Patriots on September, whatever it is, 7th or 8th, to open the season. And so I think the Patriots, not only that, but then all these guys that aren't going to be playing for them, this is the Bills' year. And, and there's no excuses. There's none of this, you know, there's opting out and injuries. No, I mean, they, they built this roster to, to sustain those losses. So I think you asked me for three games. I think all these games are going to have a real um, wide lens on them. Not only, you know, from people here in Buffalo, media here in Buffalo, but nationally, the bills have arrived now. They're not surprising anybody. They're they're Everybody is expecting big things. When you talk about the AFC, you talk about the Kansas city chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, and most people talking about the Buffalo bills. And so when you're in that conversation, um, I don't think there's any three games. I think every game has the microscope. You know, I'll tell you what, Matt, I agree. And I also disagree because I'm so excited about three games. I'm going to, I'm going to mention real quick (laughs) that for me, if I see them win, it's going to get me so pumped about this season, October against Kansas city, November against the Pats and November 8th against the Seahawks. Give me those three wins. We can go 10 and six. We can go 11 and five, but you give me those three wins out of that entire regular season, I think we have a shot at winning an AFC championship. Um, Just because of the way those three teams play and who coaches them, that is going to show a lot to me. You got Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, and Pete Carroll. Sean McDermott, you beat them. You take those coaches down. You're showing everyone in the nation that you know how to manage your football team. And more importantly, that your defense is not going to flake. It's not going to be good one year, bad the next year. Um, we're a team to be reckoned with. I think Colin Coward said it best. <laughs> I don't agree with the Josh Allen uh, situation there, but I do think 
that uh, if you look at the Bills' defense in comparison to the defense of the 49ers, he thinks we're actually better than the San Francisco 49ers, although we don't have that stellar defensive front. Um, you know, and maybe Colin Coward is a, uh, is a secondary guy, right? But we have a flashy secondary, um, and he believes Tredavious White deserves more credit. But, you know, I look at those three games, and what I say is that is a statement of a season if you go 10 and six or 11 and five and you win those three games, go ahead, Matt. Yeah. Um, on your cowherd point, we obviously did a podcast about that particular thing the other day. I think that, you know, while I'm on the Buffalo rumblings podcast network, it's a good thing to shout out, you know, to bills fans that are, that, that, that see this kind of stuff. And I think it's important to remember national folks, fans, media, people, people outside of Buffalo, They've learned a very valuable lesson. When you put Bill's Mafia or Bill's players in your mouth, it gets a reaction, a big reaction. And, you know, you look at guys from PFF, and I think it's a perfect example. You see a lot of these guys that just dump on Josh Allen. It becomes, you know, a part-time job for a lot of these guys because they notice the engagement they get when they say it. Like, I, you can have negative opinions of Josh Allen from last season. You're, you're right. You know, plenty of local people do. I've question certain aspects of, of, of who he's going to be as a long-term viable franchise quarterback. I'm very bullish on him becoming a pretty good one. But with that said, just remember, every time somebody says something negative about the Bills or the Bills Mafia or Josh Allen, they know it's, it's going to bring, it's going to put butts in the seats, if you know what I mean. And yeah. I think Colin Coward, who just recently put Josh Allen as fifth best quarterback in the AFC, to go on and, and kind of smash on him like that, I almost feel like he was just kind of touching all the bases. And, you know, let me let me get all the Bills action here for, for pumping Josh up, and then I'll come back and get all the action when they all get upset when we, when we kind of uh, knock them down. So I wouldn't take it all too seriously. I, I would really follow the local – I know, cheap plug. Uh, but all of us local guys, you know, from Joe Biscalia, Marcel Louis-Jacques, uh, Jay Skursky, myself, Matthew Fairburn, uh, Vic Carucci, Tim Graham, Mark Gaughan, all these guys, Sal Marana from Rochester. There's so many local uh, authorities on this Bills football team that I think that that's, that's where you really want to start and really hold – because we're just watching every moment of everything from practice you know, to <laughs> yep. the press conferences to the games. A lot of these national folks barely probably watched two or three games of Josh Allen last year, and, and that's formed their opinion. So, you, you know, just – I just, I just always caution people to remember that, you know, there might be some agenda uh, sometimes when some of these people are putting Bill's Mafia or Josh Allen in their mouth. You know, and it's funny because when I was formulating what to write for my article, the one thing that popped into my head in relation to what Colin Coward said for me was, okay, if, if you're not going to respect his game, then why are you respecting Lamar Jackson's game? Uh, you take away his running ability. What does he have? I, yeah, he, he can throw the ball pretty well. I'm, I'm, I don't think his, his arm is going to win a Super Bowl. His legs are going to win a Super Bowl. He's very dangerous um, when he's running that football. So yeah, the difference between him running the football and Josh Allen running the football is that Lamar Jackson runs a lot sexier than Josh Allen. <laughs> he's very flashy, um, but let's, the proof is in the pudding there. Uh, Josh Allen had more touchdowns on the ground. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's just a tough comparison. Uh, you know, I think, I, I think they got it right. I think 87 is, that's fine. 
You know, I don't think that we make the playoffs last year. Uh, to be quite frank with a guy like Tyrod Taylor, I think he would have choked. Um, I look at comparisons to other quarterbacks we had, and I think this is the best situation we've had in close to over 20 years. Um, so, you know, am I, am I just, oh, I'm all over the, the Josh Allen, you know, bandwagon. It's not necessarily that. I'm very critical of him too. I just say like, I just don't think he's outside of the top 200. Uh, you know, he's definitely leading our football team in ways to help us, you know, get to the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I, I do have respect for him. Um, I have respect for his game. Uh, he's, I think his, his touch is going to change when he starts to develop more trust. It's like I told Anthony Marino last time, look, this is the first time in Josh Allen's career last year, we're talking about 2019, where he had talent <laughs> that was real. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like playing with a bunch of new toys. Like, what do you do with them? You know, I, I don't know exactly, you know, where they're going to be on the field, you know, as far as speed wise. And then once he starts to get in the groove, uh, you know, I think this year we're going to see a big jump in that. And I think it's going to be, uh, you're going to see a lot of trust. Um, I think he's going to have better touch. And um, he's going to look a lot more like a veteran next year. That's what I'm hoping for. But um, hey, Matt, so just to finish up here, you mind mentioning to the folks where they can find all of your uh, content that you do with Brian Talbot. Um, just one more time here. Yeah, Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com is always the best place to start, as well as our, our social handles on Twitter is where all of our stuff lands at some point, at Matt Perino, at Ryan Talbot Bills. And then we're at, at Bills Updates on Twitter as well. That's our uh company account and uh yeah thanks for having me on man i'm 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 so happy for you um as i always tell you uh as we do these shows thank you so much for your service to our country to all yes, the sir. people here uh we're so appreciative of you and not only that i always am so happy you know i i'm 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 very pro uh the fan movement if you will like the blogosphere the potosphere like i i like all you guys get getting involved in the conversation because we, we can all be a part of the conversation now. And somebody like you, um, even more so, I just, uh, you've always been such a cool guy and I wish you all, all the success in the world and Bill's mafia. If you're not following buff, buff hub, get on it. <laughs> uh, you know, I got to ask you one last question before I get out of here. Who you got? Khabib or Gagey? Ooh, I, I love, dude, I was on Ferguson so hard. <laughs> I, I could not be moved off of that, uh, that uh idea that take and Gagey just absolutely impressed me now Ferguson was coming off of quite the uh layoff Khabib's going to actually be coming off quite the layoff as well when he comes back it's been a while since he fought um there's going to be a very emotional week for Khabib because he's going to have to deal with the fact that his father just died and um he hasn't fought uh, that'll be the first time he's fought uh when he goes up against Gagey so I want to go with Gagey you know, fool me once, shame on, shame on me for, or you shame, fool me twice, shame on me. I think, <laughs> I think Gagey is, is going to take him out and uh, wow. hopefully we get some, hopefully we get some Connor uh, action here to spice things up as well. I uh, see he might be coming uh, uh, back from the dead here and we'll see. Well, yeah, people were saying, Hey, let's have Connor and Ferguson go at it and they get the winner of that match. I think that's a brilliant thing, but um, we're going to have to talk about MMA one of these days. And you know what? We'll save it for next time <laughs> because we'll, we'll end up talking here for another hour. But Matt, thank you so much for um, you know being on the Buff Hub on Buffalo Rumblings. And thank you all for tuning in. Y'all have a great rest of your day and go Bills. <laughs>